nervous, but like in a good way. Opportunities? Um, I think dynamic would be the word to describe it. Exciting. Diverse. <laughs> Assured of what I want to do. Accepting, I don't know. <laughs> Progress, I guess. I feel like I'm, all, like I'm at that place in my life where I'm growing up and I'm actually gonna think I'm on my way. Hello, my name is Jose Alvarez. And I'm Corey Austin. Welcome to the first episode of our second season of Beyond Our Bell. In this episode, we want to explore that moment in time when students have to really start thinking about what comes after high school. This is going to college. I'm at grade 12, and today we are at the college fair. I'm also grade 12, and we're cursing colleges to apply to. Okay, and what's uh, your first impression on the universities represented here? I think that it looks very organized and they look very presentable. Yeah, as well, like agreeing with Gabriel, there's a lot of diversity in the colleges. Um, at first, I felt very uh, pressured. I was very unsure of what I wanted to do, but now that I kind of see in different colleges, I feel assured of what I want to do. So I'm in 11th grade and I'm looking around the different colleges that there are and I'm looking at if they have the program that I'm interested in, which is medicine, and just what uh, kind of like they're offered. Yeah, so uh, I'm in uh, 12th grade, and I'm just uh, looking around the, some of the universities and like getting to know more information about the application process. Okay, so what's your first impression so far? I, well, for me specifically, like I found it really good because the most of the colleges that I want to apply are here. So, yeah, so I'm just asking them around and getting to know more about them and the process. So I'm in 12th grade, and right now I'm in the gym where the college fair is taking place. Well, there are some universities I'm interested in. I think there's a few missing, mostly Ivy Leagues, but I don't think I'm, like, maybe not interested interested in them specifically. Um, I found everybody had their own thing to say, like, everybody wanted you to understand the college experience and like housing and how it works in their university and they want it kind of like for you to apply there. So I'm in 11th grade and right now I'm just looking to see which colleges would fit me and what I want and the places I want to study and sort of what are the requirements so that I know what academic path to take to get into the college I want to join. I'm in the research stage of looking at colleges I was very impressed by the selection of colleges because I had I really wanted to check out like for example Vanderbilt and it was here and yes I think it's very nice. I I'm in 11th grade and I'm looking for schools that have uh, good programs and the interests that I have which are like journalism communications and environments. So I think there's a very wide variety of options that I can choose from so I think it's like very good. There's a lot of variety but the one I'm looking for specifically isn't here the one of UT Austin but overall like, there's a lot of options. So there you heard a few sound bites from a recent college fair hosted here at our school at uh, ASFM uh, Monterey, Mexico. I believe there was uh, 96 or 97 different schools in our gym, um, which is a completely new experience to me. I don't remember if I ever had a college fair when I was in school. And there weren't that many universities or I didn't have the possibility of 
straight out going to outside to a different country. So this is all new to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I don't recall a college fair at my time. Uh, I'm, I come from Canada, but uh, basically my experience was we had a, a university in my town, and that's pretty much where you went. <laughs> so. Well, there's a lot more choices now. And now, of course, we have the Internet and we have online applications, and you can be in the touch of a button contacted with another country. So uh, to add in... To your professional life, you have to have a different factor that involves maybe living in another city, maybe projecting to work in another country. So it's, it can be overwhelming. Yeah, and, and that's just the one event. And we know that there's a lot of work that goes into uh, like pre-college fair, post-college fair, and, and everything in between. And uh, a lot of hard work goes into that by our, our college counselors. Who, yeah, Sierra and Silvia. Yeah, who help kind of organize uh, such a fair and also not just the fair, but uh, to prep the students two, three years uh, ahead of time. Yeah, they really give us a broad picture of um, all the different stages that they have to go through. Yeah, almost starting from grade 9, 10, 11, and then 12 when they're off uh, graduating and really supporting students and making the, the finding the right fit for, for what they want to study, where they want to study. Um, so without further ado, this is them. Hi, yes, my name is Sylvia Benegas and I'm one of the high school counselors here at ASFM. And my name is Sierra Anderson and I'm the other high school counselor. Okay, can you just, just describe a little bit what I guess a high school counselor does? Um, so we are comprehensive, um, that which means that we um, talk to students from grade 10 to 12 about um, their social-emotional, their academic, and their college um, uh, opportunities. We just hosted uh, a college fair event here at school. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, um, so the event here, the college fair, has something that's been happening since uh, 2005, so it's about 15 uh, years old, um, and it's been a, a coordinated event with counselors and American-style schools throughout the country for over 10 years. Um, there's a 10-day tour that many of these universities choose to sign up for, where each day they're in a different city. And so Monterey is towards the end of those 10 days. From uh, here, they head off to Mexico City, and that's the last uh, city of the event. And we have had uh, around 100 schools participate um, for at least most of the last five years. And so what is the main kind of purpose, I guess, or the goals of, of a fair like this? Well, to bring in the, <clears throat> the universities to talk to our students, to show them the major, the opportunities they have outside of um, Mexico. Uh, however, we also have um, had Mexican universities come to our fair. Uh, most recently, since um, two years ago, three years ago, we started with an open fair. So we do not only allow our ASFM students to um, meet with those representatives, but also we're outside um, high schools around the, our community to come and meet the representatives and know the opportunities that they're out, out there. Did it start with universities reaching to schools or schools reaching to universities? So it's typical that uh, universities, um, 
especially in the United States where they have a lot of uh, a lot more budget for recruitment than some other countries, they will reach out to high schools and ask to come visit. They'd like to do a presentation. They'd like to get to know your students and have the students get to know their opportunities. If that happens every week during the fall, it's quite disruptive for academics, for um, the school day. And so hosting a fair is something that allows us to disrupt just one day in the, in the school semester, but have up to 100, 110 schools have access to our students and our students have access to them. So um, I think a fair is, is one way that high schools and universities sort of work together to reach the common goal of students accessing that information and being able to talk to them more than just a table at lunch or the university is wanting to be able to present but we uh, don't allow the interruption to academics. Kind of leads into the next question. So what are these universities and colleges kind of looking for when, when they come? Well, it depends on the country, uh, where that where that university is coming from. Um, it's very different. It's going to look very different for a university coming from the U.S. or a university coming to the U.K. or um, even Asia. So I guess <clears throat> the answer to that can be depends on what, what country they're coming from uh, and what they're looking for. The U.S. admission style is uh, very holistic. So universities from the United States are looking, yes, at grades and test scores, but also it's quite important to them the community member that that student would be. So they uh, want to find out through teacher recommendations, through student essays, what that student uh, is interested in, how they engage in academics and student life, and a combination of all those factors is what uh, brings a recruiter to fight for a student to be admitted or to move on from that student. I imagine that the system is sustainable in a way that they do get students from Mexico to go in different universities and colleges in the world. What is, do you have kind of a percentage here at school of how many students actually go outside? Yeah, we, um, looking at the last 10, 15 years data from ASFM, uh, we average 20 to 30% of our students uh, who will enter directly a four-year institution from high school outside of Mexico. And about 60 to 70% will start here in Mexico. Some of them also finish here. Some of them will go abroad after a year or two. And, when, and, and outside, is that all over Europe? Is it mainly in one particular region or U.S., Canada? Yes, it's usually U.S., which is 20 to 30 percent. We have a handful, like less than 10 percent each year, that will go smattering of countries around the world from Korea to England to Spain, Canada. You, you talked about a little bit about the holistic approach to U.S. schools and admissions, and um, the next question is, is how do admissions work in 2019, um, and have there been changes in how students are reviewed, in your experience? Um, one of the big differences from 2019 uh, in comparison to, let's say, 2005 or so, 15 okay. years, is technology. Mm-hmm. So the number of students who are able uh, to have access to the universities, know what it requires to apply, and submit an application has increased from uh, 
previously being more local students or students who had a family member mm-hmm. or someone with experience in that university to now being anyone who has access to the internet. Mm-hmm. So the number of applications has increased and the diversity of those applications has increased. I guess that must play, I don't know, that must have impact on the people reviewing those. I guess the next question is, like, I asked it already, but what are the admissions looking for, I guess? Mm-hmm. Especially if they're coming such diverse and probably an increase in number. I mean, they have, and we noticed it last a year or so about that they're getting more early applications as well. So they have had an increase on that. So they do have like a, um, every university representative have a region that they look into mm-hmm. and they focus on those uh, applications. And what they look for, obviously, um, it's what in the U.S., like Ms. Anderson mentioned, what is the holistic, how well of a rounded student they are. They're obviously looking at grades primarily, but they also look at the test scores, their academic activities, um, outside activities as well. So there are a variety of factors that complement their application that that's what the, that would determine, um, especially for the U.S. And... One of the benefits to an admission office that is able to have region-specific officers is that those officers then become well-versed in the education system in those countries that they recruit in and are better able to understand the application that they're receiving and argue for that student with the rest of their uh, colleagues. Okay. So that's an interesting point, just thinking of our specific school, like, if the if the local or regional uh, officer knows our school ASFM, uh, even if we're going through like you know a change in grading system, for example, a uh, standards based grading, they know kind of the quality more or less of student that they're going to get. So Absolutely. So last year when we were in the transition year from one system to another, um, we reached out to the admission officers that came through our campus. So we have hundreds of admission officers that come here and asked them how to best show through our transcript, through our profile, uh, the standards-based grading so that they continued to uh, understand the student's academic potential for university. And Across the board, they all stated, we know your school, we know your quality. You guys are over 90 years old. This is a school that we've been receiving students from. And so that is a benefit to having an officer who's familiar with our school. They also, uh, the standards-based grading report allows the universities to see particular content that the student is uh, learning, and they were uh, excited to see that from our school as they've been seeing it from other schools or in the U.S. and beyond. I think that would be reassuring for students and parents. I think. We, we definitely interview a lot of uh, students while the fair was taking place, and um, overall, it was overwhelmingly positive. They were grateful to have the opportunity to start interacting soon and like see what the whole experience was going to be like. Um, but you always get a couple of I'm missing this. Why isn't this college here? Why? Who? How is that selection process taking place? Um, Some schools um, have the budget to come and uh, recruit all around our country, specifically Mexico. Um, most U.S. schools have that. Others. Uh, don't so public schools um, that specifically um, 
uh, focus on their own state um, don't. However, they do. You know, it also depends on how many international students they're able to accept. Um, some other private schools, more of in the Ivy Leagues, they're obviously very selective, uh, but they recruit differently. So they might do presentations on the side. They don't usually do college fairs, and they do uh, presentations on the sides to present their university and recruit a specific uh, type of students. So is a student here goes to the fair, so there are almost 100 college in the gym that are trying to present their material and have a conversation with them, and he still feels like, nope, none of this is up my alley. Um, what, what is the advice that you will get? So in the last three years, each year, I believe, we have had a student who is a 9th, 10th, or 11th grader, so someone who will be returning with us the next year, who's reached out to an admission office at a school that they wanted to see at our fair that wasn't attending that year, and they've been successful. We've had uh, schools come and register for the following year because one of our students told them they have this opportunity to meet with you know 600 students from ASFM, and uh, so they're more than welcome to reach out, and admission officers really do like to see that initiative from the student to invite them to a fair where clearly there's at least one student that's excited about their school and possibly uh, a larger group. So we don't invite any of the universities that attend. There's uh, information about the fair shared through social media, through our professional uh, association, but universities uh, choose to uh, register for the fair on their own. Uh, I'm actually curious as to how you guys prepare. The difference between preparing a, a 10th grader and a, like a 11th and 12th grader. Prior to the fair, we usually talk to the, to their to the students during their access. Um, this year, specifically, we had um, a presentation during their access period to talk about like what to make the most out of 10th grade, like what you should be doing during you know now that you're in high school, and getting prepared for that college um, uh, process. Um, and uh, one of the things to for 10th graders specifically is to start their research to be more open about what universities they're looking into um, and also just getting having that opportunity to meet with a rep and say okay I'm interested in this what can you tell me about it or or just ask something specific about the school for grade 11 and 12 it's more specific up to because they would already know more or less where they will be applying to and the specific type of questions about the application about the process and everything that can be more sustained for them we asked the the students this question and be interesting to hear from your point of view but from your point of view, what are students looking for in a college or university? When they're working with us, uh, we, we ask them to create sort of a, a list for themselves of how, like a rubric per se, of how okay. they're going to judge a university and whether that's a, a good university for them. And so clearly the academics is one of the main uh, things that they're looking at. Does the school offer major in what I think I want to study? Or if I'm between multiple areas, is there going to be room for me, flexibility for me to move around? Location is quite important for uh, students uh, along with opportunities that come with that location. So internship, research, um, community, and the uh, international student population if they're looking outside of Mexico. Um, and 
to some extent, how well is that university known? And that's one of the areas in which I think uh, with more education, uh, what's known in one population isn't necessarily known in another population. Mm -hmm. And so we're trying to uh, educate students on many different opportunities that exist that might not currently be known here, but that are known in the educational world. It's always going to be a tricky part of like growing up of the next stage. One of the uh, sort of differences of the different university systems around the world, some are much more flexible than others. The United States and U.S. style universities allow for more flexibility. Tech 21 that they've uh, recently launched here is allowing for more flexibility here in Mexico than previous. Um, but systems like the UK are from day one, you are studying biochemistry or you are studying philosophy and there's not really room for movement. So depending on where that student is with their own career exploration, one country might be a better fit than another. Of course. And that opens also another topic about that the the plan that every student has for college may look very different, whether they start here in college and transfer off to another university or start at a university outside of Mexico and then after the two years transfer to a different university or doing maybe a gap year and then university. And so there's different plans. I know it's a, it's a big a big step for our students to go to that next level of after high school, but it may look in so many different ways and they'll be still be good and successful um, but not that it's just gonna follow uh, I'm going to a four-year college and that's it I mean that might look very different for everybody and I imagine it must be very rewarding for both of you to have control or influence about the number of students that find a good fit in college but is there anything in particular that like you know has been a highlight of like feeling good about the this whole process and, and, and how, how far it goes with students I think it's exciting to be able to accompany a young adult as they're kind of making this next step or leap uh, into their future. And in contact with students that I worked with, you know, 10 years ago and seeing them as professionals now, um, it's education is a very rewarding area. And I think because we work with students in, you know, the last couple of years of high school and they're making a big step, we do get to... Uh, kind of experience the highs and lows uh, of that step, but really all of their educators are uh, making an influence, uh, an impact in who they become as a member of our society. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, I agree completely. Yeah, there's the, well, hearing students, there's a lot of, like, nervous energy in the, in the fair, and that must be kind of... You know, you feed off that, I think, or you guys get to work with it, so it's exciting. Yeah, the fair sort of is a blur to us. <laughs> um, the day of <laughs> culminating after on. you know six months of, of preparation, but wow. it's it's the the definitely that hum of energy mm -hmm. and excitement was palpable. And you yes. you also have a group of students that help you out with the uh, what's in it for them? Do they volunteer or like? So they were, um, in years past, we have had a um, college uh, preparation course uh, where we share all of this more in detail with students about the process, about college, about fit, about everything, all of that. And from there, uh, we do... Um, an application for anybody who would want to become a peer college counselor. So basically, there are the students who um, 
answer questions in their generation about application because they would know more in depth about what it is, what they need to do, what's next, and so forth. And um, and this year specifically, we had nine uh, peer college counselors that uh, were in our prep uh, class uh, last year, and they, they are guiding their generation. I mean, they're the leader leading um, their generation to apply, to meet deadlines, to to facilitate all that. And obviously, you know, with us being guiding them as well, because there are certain things that are still, you know, um, uncertain for them and everything, it, it makes it a, a complete team to better help the generation. That's so, fantastic. So it's like a peer kind of network to, yes. like, do they keep them accountable and stuff like that? Or? Yeah, so um, they they help with our fair as well. So um, they were in charge of different tasks, such as the uh, geographic location of the universities inside the gym. That was a, one of our peers, the, mm-hmm. one of the peer college counselors that created that map. Um, the workshop assignments, the uh, on the day of leading representatives uh, to different events around the, the campus. Um, and then throughout the year, they also, uh, you know, blast out to their generation about deadlines that are coming up, about workshops that are being offered. Um, and they are just nine more uh, people that they can go to for sort of uh, surface level questions about college applications. Great. And sometimes it's way easier, I imagine, being a student, like to ask another one of your peers as opposed to, I don't know, feeling self-conscious or maybe my counselor already told me this or maybe the school is not going to tell me that. So it's great that that networks. Yeah, another another outlet. Where do parents fit into this equation? Like, Do you also work with parents? <clears throat> do you wish you don't have to well, work sometimes so much with parents? <laughs> so we... At a generation level, we have a student parent event in both 11th and 12th grade where we're sharing information uh, about the process, both the preparation and research, and then the actual process so that everyone's on the same page, everyone knows uh, sort of what applications will look like, and parents are an important part of the process. They're key to supporting the student, um, but they also eventually need to let go, right? And I know that's a, that's a challenge for parents. You're raising a child to become an adult, and this is sort of that one of those big transition moments. Mm. So um, we meet with them individually if requested, but we do have those two larger events uh, for both 11th and 12th grade parents. In your, I guess, expertise and knowledge, is there anything that advice or last thing you'd want to, like, say to a student who's, whether they're in grade 10 or 11 or 12, what would you, what's the advice you'd give them as, as counselors? Well, definitely start early with their research. I think that's crucial because it is a process, and the earlier you start, the better you understand the process and understand what it needs to be done on each step of the way. Um, <clears throat> and finding their fit, I would say. Yeah, I would say research, 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 and think inward. Think what is going to make you happy? What do you want those next four years to look like? With advice and guidance, perhaps from family and friends, but ultimately it's you that will be doing those four years. Which is, I think, challenging because as a, you know, just knowing as an 18-year-old or whatever, it's like, do you really know what you want? But I guess that's the fun in it. Yes. But thank you so much. Yeah, yeah thank thanks you. a lot. Um, it's fantastic work. 
So after all that research and preparation and, you know, years of following the path towards college, um, maybe it's time to find out what our students really looking for. Yeah, so we're going to put the mic on some of our students and, and, and we ask them, you know, what are they looking for in a university or college? college I think that one of the things I look for the most is a curriculum and since I want to study medicine so since the beginning like how much exposure will we have to practice will I get but also the the university itself the buildings like if I can use it, all the environment if I have any family close by house the city like I also really look for as much as it is important to look for the academic part, I also look for more like a personal or how will I feel in that environment and like what can I do in that? Well, good education basically. I don't really care much of like the environment and that much. I focus more on like actually learning and like offering a lot of opportunities. In a university specifically, I'm actually really interested in how much they can associate with like job opportunities and with other companies and all the contacts that they can lead you to like a better future. Okay. I guess. For a good engineering program because I want to study electrical engineering and I, lo I also wanted to be in a good place like in a town or something like that. I look mostly for a good business school along with classrooms that are majorly like small ones which have a teacher to student ratio of about like 15 to 1 because like, I feel that like, in that way there's a lot of learning opportunities. If they give you internships or if they have like certain connections with jobs or whatever it is that you're focused in. Location for me is not that important but I do like the city and like not on the outskirts. I know it has to be in a city and a big campus. Okay. Um, I'm looking for a school that has like internships, that is in a big city. I want to only apply to Canada, so it's not the common app. So I'm like looking at every specific college to see what they need and that's what I'm doing right now here. Also like like some of the education, like the actual programs themselves, but also like the location and the experience of being there because I like feel that like just as much, that it's just as equally important the education that you're getting and like the opportunities that you will get in the city, okay. for example. Uh, I'm like just now starting to like compile a list of schools that I'm really interested in. Like I'm ruling out the ones that I don't like want to apply to, and like considering all of the ones that I do want to apply to. And what do you look for in a school? Is it location, program, fun? Plus, I think it's mostly location and the programs that they have if they match my interests their inclusivity, like their diversity, if they have a lot of foreigners and like that, so I can get to know new things. Okay. Aspects or like psychology, sociology and like that. And that it's not too big, but not too small at the same time. Well, what I look for is, well, first of all, if they offer what I want. And then secondly, the sort of how they offer it, like the major minor program, or maybe going into more of a liberal arts, sort of school and then I also look at the place where it is and sort of using those factors I decide which ones I like, which ones I don't like, which ones would be good for me. 
I remember when somebody asked me, uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I, my answer was Indiana Jones. I didn't want to be an archaeologist. I just wanted to be Indiana Jones, you know, have the hat and the whip. And the fact is, later on, I, I went graduating from school. I went to law for a year. My dad was a lawyer. From then, I changed major, went to journalism, eventually got my master's in library information science. And in hindsight, um, I was not prepared when I graduated to choose what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Well, I had a very similar experience. As a kid, I wanted to be a farmer and a baseball player. When, when the time came to making the choice, well, it was the... And why choose, right? I want to be a farmer the, and a baseball nah, player. It was the late 90s, and it was like computer science was the thing. So I went into that. But, of course, I made a mistake, and that's I didn't want to be a computer scientist. But, uh, but that's, I mean, that's part of the process, right? And I think what was kind of interesting in hearing these kids and these counselors talk about that is just the importance of the, the process. But also, too, you can't ignore just the excitement of this moment that uh, some of these students are in where they're having to make that big choice. Uh, you know, some you can hear in their voice the, the kind of the unknown factor, they're unsure, but you can also hear in some students' voice like they're very sure. I, I also felt like we had two distinct groups. Like uh, we had a, a couple of students that from a very like early, they knew what they wanted to study and like the support team of the college fair and what the job from Sierra and Sylvia just helped them continue the path that they already know that they want to take. While another group, pretty much like me, uh, they're kind of dreading the moment they have to actually take a decision. But I feel that that group is also very positively covered with the same work that they, they both do. The, the, the whole college fair and the whole training starting very early, almost in middle school. Yeah, no, you have to, the support and the system set up here and the, the college fair itself, is it's amazing. Uh, you have to, I think, recognize our students' privilege in, you know, being coached from almost grade 9, 10 in, in making sure they're making the right choice and finding the right fit to their university. Uh, not to say that they'll make that right choice, but you know at least the system is in place, and I think that's a huge privilege. I think also worth mentioning something that is, has been changing over time with this is the role that technology is playing in kind of making the world smaller. Game changer. Oh, yeah, opening it up, not just for our students, but for, for any student. If anything, like we, we continue to grow, we continue to find new abilities, new gifts. So um, choose something that, you know, it may be a good fit, but be open to what is next. Yeah, I think like you mentioned it, like the idea of moving on and the unknown is, it's not something that stops when you make that decision to go to college. It's something That's like, true. I'm, you know, 40 years old and I still feel like I have another maybe career out there or that idea of like constant learning and trying something new, it, it never really ends. So it's, it is a big point to make that choice, but those choices continue to happen. Thank you so much for listening to us. This uh, was our first episode for the second season. And um, let us know, did you pick the right career? Was it easy for you? Did your school help you out with the process or your parents? Any mistakes out there? <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back. Have a good one.